0: the chase okay what are you guys selling you're
1: drowning and i throw you a life jacket would you grab it yes good pick up 200 shares i won't let you down pay
0: him pay that
1: man his money ask him how they'd like to see 30 40 percent returns what are they gonna say no i don't want to see those returns where's the money labowski you're gonna make a lot of money right be aggressive learn how to push
0: show them a three percent return I'll trust you to watch his kids for the weekend. I'm a big fan of money.
1: Move around. Motion creates emotion.
0: I did not know that. That's
2: it. I'm done. Hello to my Jackson. I'm Tom Mount Andrew on the board. We have F- S&P Futures. Um, I'll get them in a second here. I'm looking at reading about tornadoes here, Andrew. Uh, S&P Futures, were down a little bit. Uh, we're down 150, Nasdaq futures down 16, Dow futures up 5, this is after a pretty horrendous day yesterday. Um, how horrendous, you might ask? s and is down 59, Nasdaq down 248, these are all well over 1%. Dow down 430, and the Dow is turning negative for the year. The Russell has been negative. S&P still up some, Nasdaq still up probably 20%, maybe more, but uh, not, not going the right direction here. Do we have a uh, uh, Brendan and Kevin?
3: You, you <laughs> have me. And you
2: have Brendan, yeah. <laughs> um, well, we figured, Kevin, we'd uh, we sentence Brendan to the uh, uh, what the hell's going on in Washington thing since you and I like to comment about attorneys. We don't want to be one. So, just saying.
4: But you play what on the radio? Um.
2: Well, boy. Why would anybody want me as their attorney?
4: <laughs> I play one every Wednesday night
3: teaching business law.
2: Well, there you go. Well, I mean is is it possible can a, can an attorney teach an ethics class?
4: Oh attorneys have ethics.
2: Um some do. Some do. Um a few notice,
3: he didn't say good ethics. He just said a certain you know, there's a whole ethos to it.
2: Yeah, there's something That's to true. it. That's true. It, it's
4: all relative.
2: <laughs> um what, what is uh just
4: like you could ask the question, did Kevin McCarthy have a good day yesterday or a bad day yesterday?
2: I think in some ways probably a good day, but you know,
4: it's a for his mental health, I think it was a pretty good day <laughs>
2: i i, I just, when politicians start talking about other politicians where you can't believe them, boy, talk about the pot calling a kettle um, yep all right Brian what's the what take it take us from the top here it's never happened, so it's not like we all should know uh, what happens when this happens because it's never happened before, so it um the guy's only been in there a while. there was some history of how easy it is to get them out of there in like one day that i think some of us at least know there's a history or know what it is but you know you could explain that and then 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 i guess now what is uh are we talking another 45 votes to find a guy
4: possibly maybe even more than that well going back to the start of it the the speaker of the house is elected by the house of representatives and it takes a majority of the house members typically the majority party and the minority party each put up their leader for the the role of speaker of the house they vote in unison and the majority party wins because they get the 218 votes or more it gets tricky when the majority party has a very slim majority in the house like this time there's less than 10 votes difference between the democrats and the republicans noticeably it was a very similar thing that happened in the last Congress, when Nancy Pelosi held about a four-person majority in the House of Representatives, but you didn't see the type of turmoil that you had this time with Kevin McCarthy.
3: Yeah, you did see early, early on when, uh, when they got it, you did see some of the squad members threatening to vote against her. Uh, well, that's true. But, and, that's and true, but they didn't. It didn't come to fruition, but, uh, but
4: that's what, it, uh, you know, that was what happened uh, there. Well, that's right. They did threaten, and they were trying to negotiate some things with Nancy Pelosi, and they, they wanted younger representation in, in leadership, and, and yet uh, Pelosi pulled off things behind the scenes. Most times in Congress, the leaders, uh, and in Illinois, the, Mike Madigan did a lot of the stuff behind the scenes when he was in power in the House of Representatives here in the state of Illinois. So the leaders usually line things up. Um, McCarthy wasn't that, able to line things up.
2: And let me uh, as let a result. Me, me drop back a it bit. took Brandon, 15 votes. Brendan, uh, I don't want to interrupt, Republican even though I am.
4: To elect him in January.
2: Brendan, I want to. I don't want to uh, interrupt, even though I am. Uh, back up on what you just said. Uh, a you do
3: want to interrupt him?
2: <laughs> well, I mean, uh, yeah, and you did interrupt. Well, I, the, I'm, I'm doing the the George Stigler. You just said something that means a real lot, and uh, and you kind of just went over it, and and we don't want to do that. Uh, we, we talked about. Uh, the Pelosi thing, it, it hasn't there been, we've talked on the show, you and I have talked about it, Kevin and I have talked about it, that the first few years or the first time you're in, in office as a rep, you're basically the part that goes over the fence last. Nobody cares about you, you're supposed to vote. Just, for, But a lot of strong people get to the House and they don't want to do that for two years. So wasn't the thing with uh, Pelosi have to do with uh, some of the young bucks and buckets? didn't want to just get no committee assignments or crummy ones. For them to vote for her, they wanted to be in a spot where they actually could do something the first two years. Wasn't that part of it?
4: Yeah, well, that, that was, was part of it. And that's was, part of the negotiations of being the Speaker of the House, that you negotiate with the, the people who have some power. And, of course, the, the lower, the smaller the minority, or the smaller the majority your party has, the more power you have, just like we've seen now with Matt Gates and these other seven people who voted Kevin McCarthy out yesterday. Uh, by siding with the Democrats, have more power. If if the Republican majority was a thirty vote uh, difference, the the eight or twenty, even the twenty guys that voted uh, against McCarthy in January, would have no power. They would have been purely minority voices in the wind.
2: Okay, so go on. I mean, the, the two people that we talked to on the show, both Karen Reeves and uh, was it Keith Peacow, uh, They were running for representative for uh, Democrat and Republican. They were both older and experienced enough and had other stuff that they didn't want to be a shrinking violet for two years. They, were, they wanted to go in and do something. So they did I mean, thats you're starting to get some powerful people the first couple years, I think, that don't want to just be a bump on the end of a committee thing. But I digress again. Uh, so get back get back on track, if you don't mind. Or did I totally screw you up?
3: <laughs> I think that was you Roland, Brendan.
2: Brendan, you, so go on with the uh, the part about what happened. we lose Brendan? We've
5: lost him. Looks like we still got him on Zoom here, so I think it's like, a, we'll give him a second.
2: Yeah, he's, he's pissed at me for interrupting. Yeah. But you know, it, it's funny, Kevin, every time you, you you try and tell a story about this, there's so many little nuances that you almost have to <clears throat> go back and sort of cover them. It's kind of weird.
3: So while we're waiting, and, and Brendan yeah. just muted and he's back on, you there, Brendan?
2: No, I thought we don't have a sec.
3: Yeah, I I think we've lost sound. You may need to disconnect, reconnect. Anyway, let's you know that um so the next question is they're 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 adjourned until next week. Um so uh so the uh, the temporary speaker for the pro town. All um, right. I
4: lost there. Sorry about that. Okay. There are. Okay. So go ahead keep rolling. Well, what I was saying before is that that, you know, when you when you've got a, a low, a small majority in your, in the House, then the minority members have much bigger voice. Like uh, the last time around with Pelosi, when the Squad had uh, an outsized voice because she only had a four or five vote majority. Likewise, now McCarthy had to face uh, an uprising with this uh, this radical crew um, who were able to, to vote him out and also delay his vote. Now, of course, with him uh, out. Nothing can happen in the House because part of the role of the Speaker of the House is to call bills and to form committees. So uh, the the chairman, this guy from South Carolina, is the the pro tempore Speaker of the House. But under the House rules, he can only serve for three legislative sessions. Certainly not enough time to appoint, and he has limited powers. Unless he's granted more powers, effectively being elected speaker or extended beyond the three days, he has very limited power to step into the role of McCarthy, what, that McCarthy had as Speaker of the House, which is partly why the uh, Republican ha- adjourned House of Congress until next Wednesday, the 11th. When they come back, then they can start to vote for a new Speaker of the House, and who knows how long it's going to take.
2: Brennan, doesn't the speaker position?
4: Tom, Tom, Tom let me, let yeah, me just ahead. pile on there, and then I'll let you go with the question.
3: And, and that is, I I think that's a smart move too. Um, they could keep them there; they would they would not be working on any legislation or anything like that. But you, but what you would do is you would probably get some floor debate and all kinds of discussions about who the candidates are. And I think mm-hmm. this is this will buy time for the Republicans to at least try to. Zoom in on who should be their candidate, or who who uh, for the job, or you know, one ideally as a party they would they would be finding the one person that they can get enough has enough support. But if they can't, then uh, you know they'll get it down to a couple and then see how it shakes out. They they really don't want to be doing this all in front of the microphones if they can help it, to the extent that they can avoid
4: it. Well, that's true. That's absolutely right. They want to do all of this behind closed doors, and that's part of the problem, that the the guy McNary, who's there now, only has control of the gavel as the the, uh, Speaker pro tempore for three legislative sessions. So they can do all of this behind the scenes, negotiate outside of the halls of Congress um, while he's still acting as the pro temp Speaker of the House. Otherwise, they would have to extend his role to by 10 days or to a more uh, a longer lasting one and air all of this uh, out in the open public.
2: Brennan, can you give us a sense of, um, from the little bit I've read, and that's why you're here, isn't the Speaker of the House like a really big position in the sense that all the people who work essentially for the House that put the bills together, I was going to say, type up the bills? you know, put the bills in the computer, do all that stuff, they're all essentially his his or her employees, right? And there's like a couple hundred people that work for the Speaker.
4: Well, not really his employees, but I mean, he, he the Speaker of the House directs everything in the House, including calling the Bills to order. The, The Speaker of the House decides what Bills get voted upon in what order. He can also effectively kill Bills from being called by not calling them. And as you know, the Speaker of the House is also third in line for the Presidency. If the President becomes incapacitated, the role falls to the Vice President. If both the President and Vice President are incapacitated, the role falls to the Speaker of the House. That's why it's such a critical position. And that's in the Constitution. And after that, it goes to the the Senate. And um, so it, it is critical to have this position. It's also one of the reasons why the, the Speaker pro tempore doesn't have all the powers of the Speaker of the House because he or she has not been elected to that position. The, the pro tems are uh, are listed by the Speaker of the House that in case something happens to me, here's the order of the Speaker's pro tem that act in my absence. Uh, and that's done right after the, the Speaker of the House is elected at the beginning of the congressional session.
2: Uh, Brennan, how did it come to pass that the anybody could could open up a vote to get rid of the guy in like one day. That's new, right?
4: Well, uh, that was part of the agreement that McCarthy made with Gates and his uh, his band of uh, far-right Republicans in order for them to either vote present, allowing a lower vote total for him to get elected, or for him to gain some of their votes. He said, one of the new House rules is that any one of you can call for a move to vacate. Under the last session under Pelosi, uh, it was a higher number. I don't know, remember what the number was, but it wasn't just one individual member.
2: Why didn't uh, four or five of the Democrats just cross over and vote for McCarthy?
3: Because nobody trusts him. Yeah, the Democrats don't like him anymore, and and they got to believe that they
4: that the chaos is the Republican
3: chaos is good for them.
4: That's right. If anything happens at this point, if the government shuts down because they don't have a speaker of the house who can move forward, this is all in the Republicans. But you know, here's here's just one example of how I understand the timeline and what's been going on with McCarthy. Then, over the weekend, he went on the, the national TV programs like Meet the Meet the Press and Face the Nation, and he uh, blamed the Democrats for the last-minute uh, bad deal and. He effectively threw the Democrats under the bus for stopping the government and for a government shutdown, even though he he had worked an arrangement with the Democrats that uh, they would vote for the bill moving forward, the continuing resolution, if they did not put Ukraine funding in the bill for the continuing resolution. He completely went against what uh, what I understand he agreed to with the Democrats. Back in uh, January, he worked out deal, and this was part of what Gates was talking about over the last week. That McCarthy had promised Gates and his group certain things, and he did not hold fast to those agreements. So he reneged on all of the stuff that he told Gates to get him in office. And then with the debt ceiling, he uh, made agreements with Biden. When it came time for the continuing resolution, he went against the agreement that he made with Joe Biden so nobody believes this guy if he, if he were to come out to say today's Wednesday nobody would
2: believe it. well if you're going to please all three of those people you got to be a little shifty I think I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not saying it's a good thing I'm just saying it, 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 it seems when, when did it happen it's a tough needle of threat yeah. when, when it did is it, a tough needle to thread. when did it happen uh, that, you, that nobody didn't one of the Republicans or somebody promise that they would never bring anything to the floor if they needed Democratic help to, to pass it or something was that Gingrich? Who was it? Well, I don't
3: think it was Gingrich. I I, I don't.
2: Or don't Hastert was one of those guys, but because aren't they pissed off that, that he essentially got Democratic help to, to pass the bill, right? He, well, yeah,
4: that's, that, for McCarthy. For McCarthy, they're upset that he agreed with he got Democratic support to keep the government open this weekend. Right, that's and what it was I'm saying. A completely different bill than with the Republicans with the hard for the hard right for. Agreed to uh, to put in for a vote.
2: Well, I, I just it's it's like uh, how do you get to the point where where that group doesn't trust you? <laughs> it's like the most non-trustworthy group there is, it seems. But ugh. well, so Brennan, what's your prediction now? And then we'll kind of let you go, bud. You got other things to do. What do you think happens? And how long is this going to take? If it if it takes over forty five days, they've effectively shut things down, right?
4: Well, I don't think it. it I don't think uh, it it will. Reach fruition. I'm not sure if it'll reach fruition with that time. It depends on what happens. I do think that there could be some agreement with a Democratic uh, compromise. Maybe not, but somebody that some Democrats could uh, vote for. Um, Oddly, one one name that that was put up by a guy from Oklahoma was to bring Trump back as the Speaker of the House because, under the rules, you do not have to be a member of Congress to be Speaker of the House. Um, But imagine the turmoil that that would cause. In the House of Representatives, if somebody were to propose him,
2: it would be an understanding. you got a compromise candidate. Yeah, what would happen? All these all these loony ticks would be trying to assassinate Biden and Harris.
4: That's right. Yeah, I mean it, it's it's a mess, and you know this is really an example of the tyranny of the minority. It's minority rule right now both in the Republic, in the Republican House of Representatives with the Gates and the far-right group. And also you see a lot of this in the Senate, too, where you've got Tommy Tuberville holding up all of the military promotions, and you've got J.D. Vance stopping the appointment of U.S. attorneys. Um, one senator in each case stopping significant movement forward.
2: Well, what's the balance? This is a question for, for both of you. What's the balance between somebody being in power, um, I'll say a Pelosi, I'll say... Schumer or I'll say McConnell, and just thinking all the other guys are going to fall in line and, and just be a bunch of, you know, essentially ser- serfs, and then the other people saying, hey, I'm here to do a job just the same as they are, just because they've got some seniority doesn't make them ten times as powerful as me or a hundred times as powerful as me. I'm going to say something. It seems well, like it, you could flip either way from tyranny of the, of the minority in either part. Either, either t- did, you,
3: did you pay attention when uh, Pelosi was the speaker?
2: Yeah, oh yeah, it's the same but the thing. Discipline
3: there, you know. I mean, that you know, once once it was Pelosi's, you know, version. You know, that was what was happening. Well,
2: that's what and I'm saying. That, I, that, well, that, that, I don't like that either. Both you it the was very, about that? very iron it.
4: fist. Um, and they uh, they were very however, you know, in, in cases when there were uprisings against Pelosi's rule, uh, like you mentioned, Kevin, with the with the squad, whether they would vote for her or not. It was temporary. When you're looking at what's happening right now, both in the Senate and the House, these have long-term consequences. In Tuberville's case, with the military promotions, it's been going on for months. Vance has put a hold on U.S. attorneys for several weeks now. I don't know if it's been a month or more, but he's holding that up. this the stuff with the House, Speaker of the House, this could last into next year.
2: Well, that's what I'm saying. The
4: Republicans if either don't. Uh, find a compromise candidate that could get Democratic votes or they don't agree on somebody who could get conservative vote or both moderate and conservative Republican votes All right so I mean, we're- there are at least 18 to 20 Republicans who are in purple to bluish districts and um, and they're they're very upset with this. In fact, I've, I've been hearing and seeing some uh, some stories about the fact that they may want to try to kick gates out of Congress because of this action. How do you do that? Take a vote, censure him. Just like you remember when George Santos' news came up, they were talking about kicking him out. It would take a vote of Congress to censure him and kick him out of the House. And they but, could but do he, the same thing for Gates. Yeah, but
2: he, he, he committed crimes. The other guy just called for a vote, as much as I don't like him. I know.
4: I, I'm not saying it would be successful, but that's some of the, the thought process going on right now because of I, it. I so think it's, it's a mess. Well, uh, I, I don't think it's going to happen.
3: And, and I think, you know, you've got to remember, too, that this was eight Republicans and the Democrats uh, making the vote. And I think this could work out to be a, a you know, it, I, I don't know who it's, who it's going to be. There's a lot of discussion of Scalise. Um, he could probably be acceptable to enough people to, uh, um, to make his way through it. But then there's also, you know, uh, uh, Stuff going, and, and it's not just what's being bandied about. It's it's what people. It's what the reports are saying. Uh, he's uh, you know backbenching, trying to come up with uh, um, with uh, uh, support. Um, if it winds up being a Jim Jordan or even a, a Elise Stefanik or someone like that, um, the Democrats may regret this decision.
4: They might. You never know what's going to happen. But they may, yes, they may you know, get it, a hard. may yeah.
3: get a hardcore who's good in front of a camera.
4: Yeah, that that's true. You never know what's going to happen. But, you know, the Democrats didn't do this. This <laughs> this is a Republican well, they, thing.
3: They voted 100% for it, though. But
4: uh, all right, nearly, they nearly voted 100%, 100% for it. But they they, always, they, they never, would also vote 100% for Hakeem Jeffries. Um, you know, that's that's an unfortunate spin that you're saying that this is a Democrat problem because the Republicans voted to kick out Kevin McCarthy and Kevin I'm McCarthy not, not has made their promises problem. to yeah. both sides.
2: Right. Yeah, final I'm not final. Saying t- it's their
3: problem, I'm not saying it's their fault. I'm not saying that at all. Uh, and I and I didn't say that. What I am saying though is that uh, that you know we'll see what we'll see how this works out because they may not be happy with how it works out, and if that's the case then they may say, well, you know, we probably should have stuck with the devil we know.
2: Uh, last question, Brent, I promise. If if this goes on for 42 more days, I think it is now, or 43, does that mean there's a government shutdown? Because they, they can't vote anything without a speaker. They can't do anything to stop it, right?
4: That's right. They, they won't be able to form a compromise bill or a bill or vote on whatever the Senate... Passes and submits to
2: them. Right, so, so if they, if they without screw that, on,
4: yeah. there would have to be a government shutdown because there'd be no agreement and no bill.
2: It'll be, it'll be right there in like holiday, holiday flying season and all the other stuff. Yep. Brennan, thank you very much, Bud. Uh, we're gonna go to One break. One thing, though. Oh, we, sure. you know,
4: we, when we were talking about who could be the new Speaker of the House, when Newt Gingrich was was uh, pushed out of office back in the nineties, the person who took his place was Denny Hastert from Illinois, and he was. At that time, an unknown or, or very little known. He was somebody from the back of the caucus who came up as a compromise. He also wound up as being the longest tenured Speaker of the House in the Republican Party. So, to Kevin's point, we don't know who is going to be the, the new Speaker of the House. And it's very likely not to be one of the names that he mentioned, whether it's Stelice or Stefanik or Jim Jordan or somebody. It could be somebody completely unknown to most people in this country right now. Um, unless you're a real close political insider, yeah, it could, I, could be a Byron Donalds, for example. Mm-hmm.
2: Could I say something that probably uh, I shouldn't say? Uh, I'm going to say that whoever whoever the how can I I might as well just say it. whoever the real power is in this country put Denny Hastert in that spot, got rid of Rosty, got rid of Newt, put Denny Hastert in that spot because he was totally controlled because somebody knew of his background. And I think that is one of the most disgusting and most scary things that's ever happened in this government. Am, am I wrong on that?
4: I I think you're reading too many conspiracy novels at this point. I think you're you're, you're given too much credit to some some, some nefarious people. I, I I just don't think things like that can be pulled off. I I, I, I hope
2: sorry. you're I'm right. There yet? I hope you're right. Uh, we had Wayne Matson on. You know, and, and Wayne, you know, he's one of these guys that does all the writing out there. He was with NSA. <clears throat> and he's, you know, he's a character, but he said, everybody knew there was something wrong with Danny Hastert. Anybody who watched the place. And I said, how the hell would you know that? He goes, everybody gets one of these, every congressman and senator gets like one or two junkets a year. And uh, most people, one year, one time you go to Africa, next time you go to Israel, you might go to Far East, someplace. <clears throat> and he goes, every year... Denny Hastert and some congressmen from California went to Thailand. And he goes, everybody knows the only reason why people go to Thailand is because stuff is available there. And he went every year. So we all knew the guy had a problem. <clears throat> and it was being hushed up. And sure enough, he gets out, and I don't know if they people thought he was going to talk or whatever, they go after him. So, something was really wrong there, Brandon, because you're right. Where did he come from? I just, I mean, I hope, it, hope I, this isn't totally... As is, is conceived as I think it is, but something's really strange with that whole mess. You have to at least, you have to at least agree with me. There's a little smoke there. I'm not saying there's fire, but something's weird there. The guy comes out of nowhere. He's there forever, and then when he leaves, all of a sudden he's this big sleaze bag that nobody supposedly knew about. Well, somebody did, I think. All right. I'm sorry. Tell me I'm all wrong, or you hope I'm wrong.
3: Well, uh,
2: no. <laughs> I hope I'm wrong too. By the way.
3: Well, uh, yeah, and. I I don't know about that, sure Uh, It could very well be Um, And, uh, you know, so what what would you do if you are a Haster Do you really want the job so much that you are now a puppet on a string?
2: Uh, Uh, Yeah uh,
3: And and some people would say yes And other people would say, uh, oh god, I don't know if I can live like that Maybe I better uh, turn it down I'm going to say
2: the three of us would say no But there's people who would say yes yeah I, I well it's interesting
4: it. that you you mentioned the point that in the Denny Hasser case that he wanted the job so bad that he became a puppet on the string. I've heard a lot of folks, and I believe that that's exactly what McCarthy did. He wanted the the job so bad that he compromised whatever principles he had to to uh to the far right in January to get what he wanted. He even put himself in jeopardy by allowing any one member knowing that the the uphill battle he had with the Republicans in the House that allowed Eddie whatever to call for a motion to vacate, which is what happened yesterday.
2: Brandon, while, uh, while we're on the subject and while well, we've got you all warmed up, you and Kevin, I, I'm going to say that if, if one of us had the ego, and I think maybe a couple of us, not maybe me, might have the talent to actually be in one of these positions. Like, like for instance, now take a look at Chicago or, or Illinois. Just pick a spot and say, this place looks like it's really messed up. God, I could really help. If I had that job, I'm I'm way more organized. I run stuff. This isn't me talking about myself. I'm way more organized than these people. I seem to know a hell of a lot more about city government. I know more about people. I know more about budgets. This city really needs me, or this state needs me, or this country needs me. And you really believe that, that you're going to do a better job than anybody else. Yet you look at our system and what you have to do. Every meeting you go to, every person you talk to, they take a little nick out of your fanny. Oh yeah, if, if you get in there, you got to do this for me. All right. Well, I guess I can I can make that little compromise. And all of a sudden, in the next place there's another little nick out of your left butac. And uh, well, you got to do this for me. And all of a sudden, you become not your own person. You, you you get in there, but you're so contrived, you're so yanked from every different directions, and you're bleeding by the way, that you can't even be yourself. And I, I think I think that's what's happening. And I, I mean, I think McCarthy. I'm going to say I don't know if he's a bad guy or not. I think he honestly believed. I hope He honestly believed That him and that job Was the best thing That could happen To this country And he promised So many people To do stuff When he got in there He ended up being Useless Is that possible It's possible, it's
4: uh, possible but Just looking re- Looking at Looking at his history And looking at His public comments um, I, I think it's unlikely But okay. it's certainly possible
2: Because I mean I think The one thing About all these people Have in common Is enormous egos sure. Is that fair
3: yeah, yep. it's an enormous ego to stand up in front of a, uh, a country and say, "Let me lead you."
2: Yeah. Well, uh, Brendan, thank you very much, buddy. Um, get the other car working. I got to drop mine off today. This is like you and I need. We need our own personal mechanic, for God's sake. Uh, That's right. <laughs> we'll be right. Did, did du- Roden seed yours too? Uh, no, but it's everything you touch now just kind of breaks. It's time for a new one. Let's be futures up for and has that futures up. Forward. By the way, I looked. I found like five or six trucks within six within like an hour, three-hour driving range I was going to go this weekend and pick up one of them. Yes, they all six sold. You believe that? The prices are coming down a little bit, but anywhere where the prices are, they're being snapped up immediately. Anyway, SP Futures up five days. Futures up 18, maybe we get a little bit of a bounce today. We sure as hell need one. Be right back. Stacks and Jacks.
0: Right, is care, your guys. business being Bye. challenged by the complexities surrounding health reform or other matters related to human resources management? If so, then Cognos HR can help.
2: Hello, this is Tom Howell, the Chief. Confused about investing these days? I suspect you are not alone. Investing was never easy, although at times it may have seemed so. this problem is to invest in so-called hard currencies like silver and gold, the idea being that they will retain their relative value in the face of devaluation of paper currencies like the dollar. To be honest, I have never been a gold bug. I've always had faith that having enough dollars and a good investment strategy was good enough. Now I'm not so sure. Hello folks. Bank Stocks and Jacks, I'm Tom Owl. Andrew on the board, S&P Futures up uh, 5, Nasdaq Futures up 17, we're trying to come back here from yesterday's debacle. When I say debacle, yesterday we were down uh, 431 on the down. that's 1.3%, and is down 59, Nasdaq down 248, and that, that's after coming back a little on the close, it was worse than that. Spoo's around 65 to 70 well, pretty much all day, uh, just uh, yikes. DAX up 36.2%. Footsie, these guys were all down more than 1% yesterday. On Today, Footsie's up two bucks. So I guess we'll call that up, even though it's flat. Dax around up 294 so let's just say the bounce is very tepid at this point. Nikkei down again, down another 711. That's two days in a row, almost 2%. It's over 2% today. Hang Seng down 135, 17, 195. And being over 18,000, now in danger going under 17. Ouch on that. Uh, Shanghai still is not open. Uh, I don't know if this is the new year or what it is over there, but it's not the new year, but it's, it's something. Uh, Bonds down two basis points, that's a relief. 4.78, or we thought maybe it would be 5% by Friday. Uh, Bund down one basis point, 2.94. And Japan up 3.80. So they are they're 30 basis points above the top that the government wants them, so I don't know if they're going to raise their top or whether they're going to start doing something. Well, down $1.85, $87.38, so they're down from 93 hours in the last four days. Rent down 172, 89, 20. By the way, these are big moves. If you're trading, this is this is really tough stuff. Natural gas up three cents, 289. Arbob down six cents, 230. I mean, that's that's low uh, for for where the oil is. Gold down a $1, buck ten, 1840. Again, it's a carnage in gold with this uh, dollar movement. It's been unbelievable. Silver unchanged, 2137. Copper down a penny, 361. That's that's a victory for the metals today. Not only being down this much, uh, crypto which has gotten clobbered the last couple days. Bouncing back today up 279, 27,596. When I say crypto, I mean Bitcoin. The U.S. dollar is uh, actually down a little bit today. With the, with the, with the uh, pound back to 121, the uh, euro back to 105. It was under 105, which it hadn't been in a long time. Andrew, we have for us, Weather Sports. All right, it is 643
5: here in Chicago on Wednesday, October 4th. Uh, starting off with some sports, we just have a game to look forward to tomorrow. The Bears are going to be playing the Commanders at 7.15
2: p.m. Chicago time. Tell me that the game is on Prime so I can't watch it. Let's see. Well... Never
1: mind, just go ahead. Yeah, I don't see that.
2: <laughs> but uh, let's see, it's
5: uh, Chicago weather, it's currently 72 degrees, mostly cloudy skies. Uh, we're going to have a high of 83 today, and that's going to hit around uh, 4 p.m. We have a slight chance of rain going into the later hours overnight, uh, hitting about 33% uh, at 12 a.m., uh, and over in Phoenix, they're currently at 93. Excuse me, currently at six, 67 degrees, with a high of 93, and that high is going to hit around 5 p.m. And they got clear skies. Looks like all throughout the day. Now, finally, for Chicago traffic, uh, we thankfully have no accidents to report on the major expressways. Uh, we still do have some delays, of course, though. That's from about Austin Avenue to not to downtown just yet. From about Austin to Kimball Avenue on that inbound Kennedy. Uh, and a little bit heavier on the Eisenhower today. That's from about uh, the ramp from U.S. 45 North to about Costner Avenue. It's looking a little heavy. Uh, but that seems to be all for today. So I'm throwing it back to you, Chief.
2: Um, Kevin, kind of an interesting discussion. I, I, uh, you know, you and I, have, we, we, we talk about this all the time. We talk about the difference with the business and the morals and the laws and all the other kind of stuff. And when, when you go into this, this politics stuff, I... Uh, I forget the movie now, there was uh, somebody who, I don't know, it was a long time ago, a guy, guy ran for president, and then he uh, he ended up winning, and whoever the he was, you know, it wasn't the American president with, uh, what's her name, uh, Annette Benning and uh, Michael Douglas or whatever, it, it wasn't that, it was uh, something where, then all of a sudden the guy says, uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm not running for the second term, and he surprised the hell out everybody, and he said something to the effect. I've become what I detest, and I don't like myself anymore. I'm out of here, or something along those lines. And I just, um, is that, can you, can you and I, I read a book a long time ago, uh, and I, I think it, it fell victim to the flood in my mother's basement, uh, was Roosevelt the Warriors. And, and one part of the book, I mean, they didn't bore the hell out of you with it, but the guy essentially told, was, was talking to people every single day. Like, in 20-minute intervals. The man had an incredible capacity for talking to people and learning from people. But, Kevin, there's there's a war on. There's people dying. There's people doing incredible stuff. And all of a sudden, every person in there wanted something. And if you wanted something kind of from them, you'd have to say, I can get you, uh, you know, PT boat engines uh, faster if you just give them to me and put my, you know, stuff in there. But by the way, it's like, I need a little more dough. I need like five... Every single time somebody left, in order for you to do something, you got a little, a little, little cut out of yourself. At some point, when does it, when does it reach the point where you just go, this isn't even me anymore? I, I got to get out of here. And, and it, is it possible to do this stuff without getting like that? I guess is the question. I don't know if you know the answer, but you do teach classes in this stuff, and how do you insulate yourself and, and yet compromise and, and, and get consensus? I mean, it's. How do, you, how do you do all that stuff, but still have some principles? I guess is a question.
3: Well, I I would think if 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 I were an advisor, I would the first thing I would say is what what principles are inviolate. You know, what what can you just not touch? Um, and because really, what, what is negotiation? I mean, it, you go into a negotiation and you know what you want, and you know what you must have. Um, so the things that you must have, you walk out if you can't get them, and uh, and then the things that you want, um, you're willing to horse trade. Well, you know, is isn't that what you need out of politics? But the question is, what? Where where are those lines? And and you know, I mean, that's going to vary for each person, of course. Uh, but in addition to that, I think that's something you need to tell your constituents before they vote is these are the lines I won't cross and then you better not cross them and, yeah. and I, you know I, I, I think I, because there's, there's the part of you know there's the principled part of any political position but there is also the idea that uh, politics is also the art of the possible and so to some degree you have to say what can I get and can I you know can I make incremental improvement and when is that acceptable and when is it not
2: well, I, I, think I think you're right. It's just making those decisions every single day would be tough.
3: Yeah, but, you know, I think you make those, uh, in many cases, you make those decisions as a CEO. Uh, you make those decisions in management. Uh, they just aren't, they don't have the same implications all the time. But, it, it, you know, that that, that stuff kind of crosses you uh, every day. And, you know, this is why when I talk about leadership, it's it's something you have to do on purpose all the time.
2: Well, I mean, what you're saying, but but some people are are sort of totally incapable—not totally, but incapable of, of 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 getting a kid to, to softball practice or, or soccer practice without, you know, having a fight in traffic and every other darn thing. I mean, everything is a crisis. Yet other people are expected to deal with massive events. I mean, one thing I remember, uh, Obama and i wasn't wasn't the biggest fan but Leslie Stahl and those people gave him a, uh, um, a he just allegedly talked freely about being president and they're walking around the Rose Garden and he said you got to keep one thing in mind he said no matter what, whether you like my politics or you don't everything that reaches my desk means that somebody should have made a decision along the line that either didn't or screwed it up and that's why it's at my desk it was interesting
3: yeah i don't agree with that 100% well I, I think there's some truth to it yes i would i would say so but uh, you know the, i mean every decision uh, you know there's there's three people in, uh, three types of people in every decision you got the person who is supposed to decide it you have the person who is consulted beforehand and you have the rest of the people who are to be informed after the decision is made and you know, it's it's that consulted part is, w- you know, when's that appropriate versus when is it uh, when is it more important to hand off the decision or p- to push the decision up. And certainly there are decisions that have to be reserved for the President of the United States, so I, I, I don't agree with...
2: Well, I story. think that the, uh, the, the timing of the issue, in a way, and some of the things that are, I'll say, you know, I, I would not be and when someday, on a Tuesday, I might be Thinking we need a constitutional convention on Wednesday, I think man, it's the worst thing we I would ever think of doing. But a few things that we do are are, are sort of I think I won't say messed up, but up, up for review in this country. I mean, if, if you change a, uh, uh, a prime minister in in Britain, it's it's like it's a minuscule amount of jobs that, that change, Kevin. I, and Matt, you know I read this once, and, but here the new president comes in, he what is it, like 1,500 people resign. Every secretary of this, undersecretary for this, undersecretary of that, to the point where you put... It takes you how many months just to fill the jobs? And if you're smart and you see somebody who was in there before who, how you would even know this And there's 1,500 people, it's somebody, you know, it's a... Andrew is the undersecretary for Columbia or some damn place, and you know he's really good at it, You just say, Andrew, I'm, I'm not taking the resignation. Just stay there. I don't know how you... I don't know how a person coming in, especially from the outside at all, would even know that. But you got all these new people. How would you, how would you necessarily? It's not like you're the CEO of a corporation and have been there for, or you know, for me. I mean, I, the people that I hired at PTI, I knew from the trading floor forever, and I knew they were all honest. I traded with them. I knew I saw them on a the good days and bad days. I mean, I, I knew them. I knew when when a push comes a shove that they would. You know, act act in a way where the the customer was the most important way, and do the right thing. If you just hire a bunch of people off the street, even if they're political appointees, I mean, how, how does this guy know that that Buttigieg is going to make the right call and on, on some something in the in the d- department of whatever transportation? I mean, why would you ever trust the guy? I mean, you you put him in there, you kn- you need him politically, uh, you think he's pretty bright, his parents are pretty bright. You hope for the best, but boy, the first two times he made a call, I'd want to know what he did and why. And I just, well, I,
3: I would too, but you get you know understand, uh, you know how did how did Buttigieg get the job? Um, well, he got a cabinet job because that was what he traded for dropping out of the South Carolina primary. I,
2: I get it. I'm saying so. Yeah. So
3: that's not how it's done. If you're going to delegate decision making because you can't make every single decision. So if you're going to do that, it's because the people you, where you, you that you delegate, to people you trust that you know and you trust. And in the case of uh, you know those the political horse trading over cabinet positions, those aren't necessarily uh, people he trusts. Now on the other hand, uh, Biden uh, trusts. You know I, I wish he didn't, but he trusts uh, Tony Blinken uh, implicitly. They they've worked together forever. So. You know, there when it comes to the appointments in the uh, uh, State Department, uh, you know Biden would feel totally comfortable with it.
2: Well, I, what I'm saying is, your 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 group isn't necessarily your group. I mean, Richie Daly didn't. Uh, I'm sure he was the most pissed off man in town when the when the when the tunnel flooded. I'm sure Bush, when he found out that somebody had called in. On the dike down in New Orleans, that was already leaking, that caused the big problem. Would, you know, caused a lot of the big problem with uh, Katrina. I'm sure he just shakes his head and goes, "Who are these people? Who are their bosses? They're, they're so far away from me, and yet it's his fault because he's the. I mean, it's it's really a t- it's a tough spot because you don't have the time. Four years goes by in a blink, especially in that kind of a job. I mean, by the time you even get comfortable with the people around you, you're gone. If you ever get comfortable with them. If you're like Trump and don't like everybody, then you just keep the door keeps revolving, which makes it well, even Trump, worse. Trump
3: got Trump would get impressed uh, with somebody very quickly, bring them on board in some role, and then find out well he's not really impressed anymore, and that's you know that's just poor judgment.
2: Well, I think I don't know if he was impressed or the guy just disagreed with him. I I really thought that the guy from Exxon was one of the smartest men I've ever I've ever heard about, and he didn't last very long. I don't, I can't imagine the guy being incompetent, but maybe he was. I don't know. Maybe maybe he just disagreed with Trump. Who all knows? We weren't in a room.
3: Well, and there, there's disagreement. in, you know, I, I disagree with you tactically, and there's disagreement with which means I disagree with you philosophically. Well, if you don't agree with me philosophically, then we probably should not be working together. But if you uh, if you don't agree with me on on how we execute it, that's a different issue. That should be uh, that should be debated vigorously.
2: Uh I'm not so sure how many people would agree with Trump philosophically, but hey uh I wanted you to comment a little bit on uh I'm not, Ru- not sure
3: Trump agrees with Trump philosophically on a day in day out basis well
2: that's another issue hey i, I um i don't know if you you caught the tail end of uh, Russell being on last week when uh you know I've had this thing where I've been percolating along, and i don't know i you know to me it seems like it's it's gonna be the outcome I don't know that you know it it will be as usual. Uh, but this whole thing with the, uh, the college football and the NIL Russell seemed to indicate that Indiana was having real problems uh, so we say embracing the new world and uh, and uh, I think a lot of teams are Kevin like I've said from day one there's going to be people who think this is pretty cool or not pretty cool but they just embrace it because they think the most important thing in the world is college football and uh, other people, other schools are going to say this has nothing to do with our mission in life, and um, you know it sounds like maybe Indiana is. I'm not saying they're ready to pull out or anything like that, but, but uh Russell said, "There's people rolling their eyes at what's going on," I mean, I don't know if you, that's all I know because it was like the last well, second. hasn't that happened.
3: always been you know a conflict? I mean, we remember it at Notre Dame. There were always a bunch of uh, a, a set of professors who. Um, you know, who were very anti, you know, that who thought football had gotten too big and wasn't appropriate for uh, what they were, and, you know, that's that's kind of widespread on faculty in a lot of places, so that that part doesn't surprise me at all that uh, Indiana would be experiencing that, um, you know, but I still think, uh, you know, I mean, I've, I've got some opinions about what these the relationship with these collectives is supposed to be anyway. And, uh, and, and and also the idea of how appropriate it is or is not for colleges to be in the professional sports business. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, you know, think, think back how it started. Well, it was our college, you know, let's get up a game and go play, uh, play the other guys up the road. Well, we're a long way from that now.
2: <laughs> well, I mean, I think, uh, you know, love them or hate them, although I don't like the idea that he's now Coach Pride when it's not really his name. Uh, oh, Prime, 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 Prime. Prime. Well, Prime. Pride? Whatever, Prime. Coach Prime. Um, I think a real lot of schools, and not just the the grumpy old factory member. Maybe you and I would be those grumpy old guys. Uh, there's a lot of people look at that and go, "That's not my school." And if that's what's that what's going to take to compete, we're, I want no part of it. But
3: well, if, if, I agree with you, Tom. I, I, I agree with you. I think and. Uh, there are a lot of people rooting for him not to succeed. I have no problem with the guy himself, you know, I'd probably, uh, I'd probably have a really good time hanging out with him, but um, but when it comes to how he, ch- how he chose to turn over that program, and how he chose to run players off, I really don't want that to be successful.
2: No, I mean, it, it seems, you know, what we're doing, Kevin, and I don't know what, I can't put my finger on it, you and I talk a lot, with don't but you and I talk a lot, but there, there were, I'll say, limits, conventions, not necessarily rules sometimes. Clearly no laws in some areas and and, and maybe no enforcement because of it, but there was somewhat of a, I, I, I use the trading floor reference, they had this big long book of rules and how the way you're supposed to you know, comport yourself. And then the last one was and anything else that, Basically, screws with the just and equitable principles of trade, which is about as open-ended a thing. So, if somebody thought of something that you didn't think of, and all the bad things you could think of, somebody actually did invent a new fetish. You could point to this one and say, "And no, if everybody did that, it'd screw the whole place up. So you can't do it." So there was, a, but then again, that's that's like pornography. I, you know, I, I'll know it when I see it, uh, which is a, which is a tough way to write a law. But you, you get the idea that um, there is no. There's people recently, and you know, Coach Prime is one of them. But I'm going to say, uh, uh, Cheney uh, was when he was VP. There was a convention. I don't think there was ever a written law from Congress that says you didn't trade. You put your stuff in a blind trust when you became a congressman. That's why, when you and I were young, Kevin, the congressmen were they were broke. They didn't have any money. We were talking to one of my clients yesterday, and he's a friend of Marty Russo's. He goes. He didn't make any money. He was, he was an early congressman. He was making twenty five grand a year, and he needed to count two houses. Everybody in his law school class did way better than he did. But now all of a sudden, you know, uh, Vice President Cheney just says, screw this, I'm, I'm trading while I'm in here. I'm worried about my company. That's where my wealth is. turns out there was really no law. There was no really, nobody went after him. Congress never said, get the hell out of the vice presidency. There was no Justice Department action. He just said no. Now there really is no rule. All these All these bleeps trade. And now, I mean, Trump basically, to his credit, just looked at some of these behavioral con- conventions, shall we say, and said, I'm not doing it. Did whatever he felt like. And guess what? Well, he they tried to impeach a couple times on stupid stuff. But the fact is, he basically showed there, there, is, there are no rules. And now the same things happen in college football. It's happening all the way through society. I mean, you drive in in the morning, everybody goes for the red light. There's no police. There's no red lights. A law implies enforcement. There's no enforcement. There is no law. I mean, we're you're seeing this pretty much everywhere. you have even seen it in Congress. Let's throw a guy out in one day, <laughs> the Speaker. Well, it's never been happened. Why didn't it happen for 200 and some years? Because people felt that's not maybe the way you you run the place. Not because there was a rule. Not because of some Is it just me? Or are we losing all this fair play kind of stuff? I'm not saying this was the wrong thing to do or whatever. You you guys know this guy way better than me. And you say he's a sleazebag, and I, and I agree with you. And I will not argue with you and Brennan because you know more. But Something's weird here, or am I just talking like, a, like an old white guy?
0: No,
3: I, uh, we've talked about the, uh, the difference between legal and ethical for a long time on this show, um, and probably longer in real life. Uh, it, you know, that's, that's where we are today. Where too many people think, um, because, because it's legal, I should be able to do it, whether it's ethical or not. And, um, you know, it, fortunately, I have a platform for uh, raising that issue and getting people to think about it nowadays. And uh, and so it comes up on a pretty regular basis in, in the classroom. And I think it's it, it's a worthwhile discussion. I, I suspect it's just not taught in enough schools, um, certainly not in enough business schools. And, you know, I, I look at core curriculum about, uh, you know, what's a business ethics course look like. Well, you know, we tend to deal with things like... Um, you know the Enron scandal and things like that and the ethics behind that but do we really do we really ever look into uh, um, the uh, uh what I want to say uh, do we ever look into the um uh you know the everyday type of stuff
2: well if you get to the point where I think the answer
3: you, to that is no we don't well
2: if you get to the if, point where if I'm you're a not big ch-
3: fan of I'm a big fan of everyday ethics i you know this is you know, sort of the advice that I, I give anyway um, for you know how a company should uh, uh, approach um, approach ethics, and you know it really is a matter of um, you know dealing with the everyday stuff. If I, if you know I they they create manuals, they create guidelines and everything else. What I would do is create cases that uh, that once a week every team. Discusses them, and it's it's all the all the normal everyday stuff. It's not the uh, you know it's it's not the big things because you, you have to you know you have to sort of develop that core, so that when the big things come along, you're you're ready for them. You're ready to deal with them.
2: Well, you can't get to the point, Kevin, which I think we're there. You couldn't get the point on the trading floor it, if you're not cheating. You weren't trading, or, or you you couldn't make a livelihood if you weren't dis if you weren't disobeying the rules. We never got there on the trading floor. It was people were were concerned enough about the integrity of the place that we never got there. You can't get to the point where if you stop for the green or the red light, you're going to be home a half hour later than everybody else. You can, you know you can't you can't get there and and we're getting there. And I just I you know maybe I, is this is just at every walk of life it seems to me that we're, we're sort of getting there. And I you can't that's not that you know and it's the same thing with the it's the same subject it's the budget Oh, what's another what's another 50 grand in this thing or what's another 5 million what's another 10 million you can't get there because i don't know but we're sort of on our way do you think uh what do you think this week I was really surprised that our guys pulled that game out on saturday
3: uh hey tom they beat the spread
2: yeah well you know it's you mentioned the part about the uh people coming together and you know, these uh, groups that are giving money to these people. You know what, we've forgotten, you and I, and I'm gonna, I'll admit this in the air, neither one of us, although we should have anticipated, I think one of us did early on, might have been you, we should have anticipated that the huge sponsors for the schools were going to become the sponsors for the individual players to get them to the schools. Under Armour. Well,
3: and, and actually, you, if you remember back when the uh, FBI got involved in all of this, it's exactly what was happening anyway. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Anyway. So I, I, I guess we didn't need the, the Supreme Court decision to tell us who the sponsors of the players were going to be. That's exactly what was going on with Nike and with Adidas and with several other, uh, um, you know, several other... Uh, if,
2: apparel I, if I sponsor some kid... we got to go to Russell in a second. If I go sponsor some kid in high school, and I'm Under Armour or Under Kevin or whatever the name of the company is, and I sponsor the kid... Does the university even talk to him, or do they talk to me? If you're not a Nike stool school, don't come a-talking. Don't come a-knacking, right?
3: I think that uh, the dynamics of those conversations would be wonderful to know.
2: Yes. I'll right, talk to you on Friday, bud. SP futures up 8, NASDAQ's up 28. Be right back. Russell Rhodes. Jocks. Stocks, and jocks. stocks and jocks. You are out
0: of control. Right, here. right now. Right here. Right now. Right now.
4: There's something happening here.
2: Hello, I'm Roy Pace, Stocks and Jocks. I'm Tom Allen. Andrew on the board. SP Futures up 650. dollars 50 The up 25.75 dollars and my eyes are pleased to see some green on the board today. The last day and a few of the last few days have been all red. Today we've got some green. We'll see if it hangs in there. Do we have the professor?
6: Yeah, you know, I'll probably bring the gloom and doom and we'll be red within an hour.
2: Well, it's easy to do the. Gl- I have yeah. a serious trading question for you. Uh, okay. was mentioned yesterday on the air by, uh, uh, actually, it was, it was uh, Monday by Greg. And he, uh, you know, Greg is a trader on the the Board of Trade CME uh, pretty much zeroes in on the the crush spread but those other stuff is questioned and I said this is a Russell question why is the implied volatility in the TLT which is essentially a ETF of 20 year plus bonds uh, why is the implied volatility in there and I'll let you know I think it's like a 20 why is that so much higher than the implied volatility on the options of both the ten and thirty-year futures, which are like eight or nine.
6: Why is the TLT implied vol that that much different than the actual the, options
2: on the on the futures themselves?
6: Oh my gosh! I haven't even had coffee
2: yet on that one.
6: Um, TLT's more volatile than the other two.
2: Well, yeah, but it also has the shorter expirations. I mean, it, that people trade.
6: Yeah, that, that might have something to do with it as well. Um, I mean, the the TLT is, when you start to look at the duration on different fixed income industry, instruments, I mean, the TLT's duration is basically a 20-year. That's what they're they're supposed to be targeting in there.
2: 20-plus, yeah. Um,
6: and, yeah, and, you know, the I, I wouldn't think that that would hold for the options on the 30-year, but it would hold for the options on the uh, 10-year because you would expect less volatility based on equivalent long-term interest rate moves from the 10-year versus the, the, I'm sorry, from the 20-year versus the 10-year. So that might be why it's uh, higher within the TLT. There's also an aspect, but I feel like this, Are you talking about across the board or on the put side?
2: Well, across the, I think it was probably the near term. Just, just the the average on one side is like twenty, the other side is like eight or nine. It's 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 significant.
6: Yeah. Well, part of part of the issue with that is um, TLT pays a monthly dividend. That's true. And and uh, and and it's kind of funny that you mentioned this because we have not talked about this before. And I did my first TLT trade last Friday. I had never traded it before. Um, it's
2: kind of a, it's just, a tough I've, it's a tough trader. Liquidity isn't the best. It is. Yeah,
6: <laughs> yeah I just I just had this feeling that, but I, I I I probably should have done a little bit more work that beyond thinking. Well, and the longer term interest rates are going to start coming down, but yeah, they're going to come down on the short end a lot faster than they come down on the long end. Um, that might have something to do with it a bit as well. That yeah, there's it could more be. potential upside, upside on the longer dated, um, you know, because the the curve looks ridiculous. I pulled up the yield curve yesterday because somebody was asking me about this, and I didn't realize how ridiculous looking it is right now.
2: One of my uh, biggest clients, a good um, friend, he's been on the show uh, a couple times. He's a genius in the in the pharmaceutical world. Uh, about five years ago, four and a half years ago, he says to me. Chief, what is the most obvious best trade on the page? And I said the guy's name is Janet. I said Janet, it's it's just like when I entered the business, uh, the, and the market the Dow was like 800, interest rates were you know 12, 14 percent, pick a number. It was so obvious that the only direction to go was down in interest rates, unless we were going to just go under like the Weimar Republic. The only way to go mm-hmm. was was the market was going to go up and those rates were going to go down somehow, some way. Somebody was gonna come in, this is right when Volcker was coming in and it was gonna fix this even if it hurt. And uh Yeah. And and when the interest rates got to like one and a half on the ten year and the T L T was pushing what, one thirty five? I said, by far the best trade of, of our lifetime or the next ten years is gonna be shorting this T L T and and going and going short these bonds and going along these mm-hmm. interest rates. I'll bet for the next three years, Russell, I had Thirty twenty-five short positions in the TLT and maybe every time it looked like it was going to go down, like two days in a row, like something was going to happen, congressman this, congressman Congress, that and you got short the thing I I think I maybe was right 55% of the time, maybe and it's that's congr- maybe being nice to myself, every single time we got in the thing rallied and uh, not every single time, but it sure felt like it, even though mm-hmm. it, at the end of the day I think we probably made a little bit of dough but the idea of just Selling the damn thing at 135 and touring the world for five years and coming back and having an 85, having it at a huge winner. I mean, you you know, you and I don't do that. I mean, I mean, I, yet it turned out I was right. But God, if, if you didn't just you know, like you say, if you shorted it, you'd have to be paying the dividend all those time, all those all those years, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's 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 been an obvious trade, but it's been a really tough trade, a really tough yeah. Trade.
6: I wonder, I, and, and I've not done a lot on the, I mean, first off, what's funny about what you just said is looking at bonds in a vacuum, would you have ever bought them when, you know, it, to, to help diversify against a, a down move in the stock market, the last down move we had in the stock market where the 60-40 didn't work? Uh, if you looked at bonds by themselves and you saw interest rates as low as they were and you, and you understand how bond prices work, why would you have thought that, that just because it has worked over and over again in the past, um, yeah, it's worked over over again in the past because we were in a normal interest rate environment. But um, just the, the amount of shock at how the 60-40 portfolio didn't work in this last cycle and beyond that, you know, we're in conference season now and I've, I've been to a couple, and one of the great things about conferences now, uh, not back when you used no, to go. I'm, I'm, I'm,
2: I'm, I'm interrupting today for, some, for whatever reason, everybody. Back up a hair. Uh-huh. If, if you would have uh-huh. had the 60-40 portfolio, if, if you, the interest rates you would have a mm-hmm. lousy on, but if you would have bought 6% bonds four years ago, and the Fed started buying every bond on Earth, you made a lot of money. Yeah, in the you would have you
6: would have done okay four years ago, but the but I, I'm talking to every and, and everybody is really focused on basically 2022, where the 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 bonds it just did, the diversification benefits didn't work. But what I was, what I was saying as far as conference season goes now, which is different than when you would go around and do things using a opaque overhead. Yeah. Um. We we now have have like. Uh, Surveys on everybody's iPhone, which are just absolutely fantastic. It's for me, it's almost worth the you know, the price of admission to some of these things. And um, a vast majority of people at one of the conferences that I've been at in the last few weeks uh, said that sixty forty is dead. Um, and I don't. And what 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 people are starting to learn about these conferences, and people on the stage say this. This is not me bad mouthing anybody. Um, I'm a lover, not a fighter here, uh, but they say that these surveys tend to be notoriously
2: wrong. Well, because uh, <laughs> uh,
6: especially, especially when you have a lot of people thinking so, one way, and that's one of the reasons that I started thinking maybe I should take a look at getting some bond exposure. Sixty, right sixty, there.
2: forty. I'm going to say is is a is a rote number. In my opinion, has always been dead. Yet.
6: Oh, yeah, you, I mean, and when I say 60 40, I just mean bond stock diversification.
2: I would say right now, I don't. I just, know. funny you should mention that. I just talked to a, hopefully, a new client uh, last week. I actually we went to dinner a month ago and he's in Chicago. Now we just were talking again. And he and his wife are both retired. Uh, there's two or three IRAs uh, that each had a 401k, you know, blah, blah, blah. they we had like four or five accounts. They'd, they saved their stuff. Not rich, but, um, you know, you, you accumulate a lot if you do this for 50 years. Um, yeah. I basically said, right now, um, let's do probably 40 in the indexes, and I could protect them. Let's not just go in there with nothing. Let's have some put protection, or at least a put spread or something. And why don't, for the next six months with all this stuff going on, why don't we put 60% of it in, in six-month T-bills? That, that's not for everybody. That's, that's for this particular couple. Guess what? I was right at sixty forty. Now, tomorrow, next month, it might be something different. But it's 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 all about the, the people. It's like saying everybody that walks into your doctor's office needs penicillin. No, they don't. Some some people do, some don't. You know, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, so if, if you deal with individual people, that number was that's a number that if you and I are working at Merrill Lynch and somebody's sixty five, and you don't care how much of a square peg they are, you're going to fit them in one or one or two round holes. That's what you do if you work for that place. It's not oh, what you yeah. it's not what you yeah. do if you if you're talking to me or if you were in my business. Because you'd say, "Wait a minute, for you, this is what you guys need. You're not you're not going to you're not going to give him the normal sixty forty. You're going to get it, you know, some some place that just puts everybody in the same cage."
6: Mm-hmm.
2: But it. But it, But no. Uh,
6: that's and yeah. You don't. I mean, you don't necessarily want that. And when I say 60 40, I really just mean bond stock diversification. I don't right. necessarily need that. Right. And and that number is kind of, I don't know, a, a, a benchmark that everybody starts from. And then if you're, you know, in, in, you know, when I'm teaching undergrads, which they don't let me around undergrads anymore, which is probably not a bad idea, um, when I'm teaching undergrads, uh, I'll say you know, it, it, that, that bond stock equivalent or, you know, that kind of weighting as a Rule of thumb, uh, you, know, you guys should have a lot more stocks than I do because, God willing, you're going to live longer than I am. Right. Um, since, since I've got goodness gracious, almost thirty five years on that. Oh my! god, I'm just depressing myself. Russell, now. I bet everyone, um, but, people, and, you know, in rea- and, and then I, you know, and then we take it from there uh, as far as net worth, etc. If you've got some people that, if you got somebody who can handle a twenty percent drawdown, you don't really need to give them any fixed fixed income uh, exposure. Um, but if you need, if you've got somebody that's a little bit older, like myself, that only has about a decade left of, of earning power, uh, I, you know, I've I've got to start thinking a little bit more defensively.
2: But then, we, but now there's fixed income and there's fixed income. Okay, now what I said, and I know what
6: you mean by, I I know okay. what you meant by that. I've got to explain it now.
2: What I, what I, what I said for this particular couple, I said mm-hmm. for the next six months, six months. Let's go and get a five and a half percent T bill, and let's ride it out. If something really comes up in the meantime, we can sell that in a nanosecond. We're not talking about trying to find a buyer for some bond or anything. Now, mm-hmm. and I'm going to say that if if you want to, you know, pick all the firms I love ah. to hate, the Merrill Lynch's of people of the world, I'll bet every year after 65, if you're not working, the percentage of fixed income in their little formula for you goes up probably, probably two or three percent a year.
6: Oh, I'm sure it does.
2: But now yesterday, I mean, I don't know, you probably were off teaching and doing something worthwhile. Well, I was staring at the market, which I do for my people. The biggest single stocks, not single, the biggest group of stocks in the last two weeks that has gotten obliterated is the fixed income stocks. And if you were long... Oh, yeah, yeah. And if you are long... I saw saw
6: utilities had a terrible week last week. One of
2: the groups that I do business with has... uh, a, uh, they they have different stuff for different groups of people, I and mean, I do the I subcontract mm-hmm. and do the protected piece. You know what I'm talking about. I don't need to throw the name out there. There's people that have the stocks. There's people that just do a covered writing program. They don't want any protect, and it's under another manager. And one of the ladies runs a a dividend program where she buys high high yield stocks. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say in the last four days they've gotten them they've gotten eviscerated. And if you happen to own yeah. if you happen to own a long bond, uh <laughs> Reach for the reach for the air sickness bag those are th- those yeah. are getting clobbered more than the high flyers I mean your te- yeah. I mean your telephones you know the, the stocks that pay the dividends are just getting destroyed because interest rate I, I don't understand how the hell we get people that are 50 60 40 30 years old that obviously have never had a basic finance class even in high school hey when interest rates go up the price of the fixed asset goes down for the same gives you the same same uh, stream of payments. Everybody, mm-hmm. everybody should know this, Russell. Everybody. I'm not talking about yeah. being able to do this on a calculator, being able to do it by hand, like you and I used to be able to. I'm not asking for that sort of competency, but the idea that hey, if you got telephone stock and it's paying, you know, four dollars a year, which doesn't pay to say it did, you know, by the way, the interest rates go from ten to fifteen. If you don't realize that stock's going down, I, 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 you should. I'm just saying, you should. Mm-hmm. Should be in one of Russell's oh, yeah. classes.
6: Yeah, most, most, absolutely, most definitely. I mean, you, you shouldn't blindly follow anything, and that's where I'm. That's where I keep g- circling back to, and I don't. I, I must not be articulating it correctly um, because because I get a lot of eye rolling and a lot of blank stares. But you know, going back to uh, you know, with the risk-free rate, darn near close to zero um you know it, when you think about adding something to your portfolio back up a little bit because this is what i'm talking about tonight uh you, you you take a look at you know the diversification benefits of whatever asset you're going to put in there and you know one of the natural diversifiers for for stocks is bonds historically they do have uh an inverse relationship with each other uh i mean there, there have been times where the that you know the and the, the correlation is like minus 0. 0.9. And then sometimes it's a positive correlation. Oh, are you talking uh, about rates
2: or are you talking about bonds themselves?
6: Bonds, bond prices, the bond market. Bond prices go down when rates go up. Right. Um, that's what I'm talking
2: about. But I'm saying bond uh, prices, and, when they go down, stock prices should go down too. Because um, it, it means rates are going up.
6: Uh, but typically what happens is we get a market slowdown. Right, rates go, rate, rates go up um, because you know there's this anticipation that the market is overheating, and stocks go up, and then um, you know the the Fed will start. You know, the economy will slow, stocks will start to reflect that, which is what I think is happening right now. And eventually, the Fed's going to have to step in and start cutting some rates, which means bond prices will go up, and that's where you get the decent bond right, but, okay, stock all right, diversification.
2: All right, you're you're adding. Um, a lot of uh, more or more modern investing to my to my basic. And that's what that's what happens, Russ. Yeah, careful.
6: Again, my but just this one last cycle back in twenty twenty two when bonds did not work as a diversifier. Who the hell thought you were going to make money on bonds over a short term time period when interest rates could only go up? Um, that, that's the whole point that I keep in. And you know that you. I mean, you said you said four years ago, uh, you know, rates were so low we knew they had to go up. And 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 you know, the uh, short in the TLT, it took a long time for that thing to work out. But you know, you you were probably short TLT at the time that that people were looking to bonds for diversification benefits. That may be why bonds held in longer well, you, than you know, uh, than you thought they should have. You know, you know, because people just naturally were doing that without without thinking about what they were actually buying you know they were just thinking of diversifying
2: um what what you've done is added policy in, into the equation which by mm-hmm. the way is the right thing to do because if you forget about policy but when I this is boy boy it's before russell uh did you ever you weren't involved in trading before there were futures uh to you
6: uh, Not before futures, but, like, I was working on a hedge fund desk when they introduced the SPY ETF.
2: Okay, so you're, you're
6: in 90, 97. Who the hell's, there, who the hell's ever going to trade that
2: thing? <laughs> uh, you're talking about 97, 96.
6: <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, yeah, late 90s.
2: Yeah, because I, I knew the guy yeah, who was yeah, the sure. specialist. and But before there was the Kansas City value line, which became the, that became, that was the first stock future and people, mm-hmm. were just, was a revelation. But before that, I'm not saying you didn't have federal policy interventions. You sure as hell did. But if, if you were trading in IBM or GM or something on the CBOE floor, if you were in a crowd, which I was, I was in a brown badge crowd, with a Owens, Revlon, Evans Products, I think, three absolute horrible stocks mm-hmm. to trade <laughs> Anyway, talking about trade by appointment, you watched the, the first futures were the 30-year bond futures. That's mm-hmm. what you watched. Because if the, if, the interest rates were, I said, 12%, 12.5%. The the coupon on the 30-year bond the, was 8.5%, and it's trading 66, Russell. So mm-hmm. when bonds started going down, and then interest rates were going up, whatever the Fed was doing, the markets went down just like if the spoos went down. They, they were our leading indicator. And then all of a sudden, like what you said in the last four years, uh, one of the problems that, you know, you had just being short the TLT was, and, and the biggest example is in Europe. Why would anybody who, who's capable of, of not even putting a sandwich in their mouth, a baby bottle in their mouth, why would anybody buy a bond with negative interest rates? Why would anybody be stupid enough to do that? And the reason why is because you knew the Fed was stupider than you and they were going to pay up and buy it from you the same afternoon, at yeah. a higher price. So, what you're describing in the last five years, and what, where my stuff goes off the rails, is you're talking about a Fed that bought four trillion dollars worth of stuff. You, you mm-hmm. and I cannot stand up to that. They totally, they totally washed over like a tsunami the market. If, if they weren't around, the, the market, the rates would never have done that. It was there because they were buying them. I mean, Joe Joe Kernan on TV said, "This is when you have to, you've got to take." You know, Grandpa has got to start buying stocks. He can't be in fixed income. They're making him go out the risk curve. Well, that's fine, yeah. Joe, and I happen, I happen to yeah. like Joe, but that's fine, Joe, but I'm a money manager. I, I can't take Russell's dad, who's 85 years old or wherever he would be, and say, oops, by the way, he's no longer a fixed income guy in a house where he just needs some cash. i got, I got to go buy uh, you know, XYZ for him or, or the latest dot bomb. I can't do that. Joe Kernan maybe can. But it became incredibly difficult to do anything for anybody in a normal way the last five years, because the Fed was was washing over their own market. Or, or, or where am I wrong?
6: You're not wrong at all. No, you're absolutely dead on.
2: And I, that. you know, and now we're kind of coming back the other way. But I still, mm-hmm. I wouldn't trust the bond prices here. I mean, even when Dan's on every Thursday, he tries and find bonds that have. Uh, you know, a really nice interest rate. But every one of them, I think the farthest out he goes is two years. But I mean, anybody who thinks they know it's going to happen five years or ten years from now, nah, I mean, boy, good luck to you. Oh,
6: for God's sakes. Could yeah, you, uh, yeah tell, me you know, tell me you predicted anything over the last five years.
2: Well, do you think that if if the market – yeah, well, well, what
6: I, what I, what I have <laughs> predicted – I know that's an exaggeration. Oh, I, oh no,
2: no, God. no, you, you are, you're absolutely right. <laughs> you know what? I, I will say, though, that I, after the Silicon Bank situation – I think what a lot of people are thinking is if the market does start to go down and, and I think really the cause of this, Russell, is the Fed has to make a decision right now are they gonna shrink the monetary base enough to lower the price level to save eighty percent of the population, or are they gonna save asset prices for the ten or twenty percent of the population? I know a lot of the eighty percent of four hundred one Ks and stuff, so that's a little sloppy. But and I think They'll, they're always going to go on the side of, of, of Saving the asset prices So if we actually do get a 10, 15, 20% decrease In the market, now the Dow just went negative for the year Yesterday, IWM's down for the year I heard that, I didn't, yeah. I
6: didn't That kind of snuck up on me But yeah, uh, no,
2: I, think, I think that they will turn the bus around and pour money in Just like they did for Silicon oh. Bank And if they do, we will rally again So you have to be I just got a lot of uh, stock For people uh, We have some new clients People are bringing in stock like Apple and Microsoft and solar and i'm I'm trying to be sneaky protective uh, for them because they don't really want to just buy puts, so I've got some diagonals going more than the people need to know but mm-hmm. on the call side if there's you know, one guy's got like five thousand shares of apple or something i'm I'm short maybe twenty calls where i'm I'm buying some further ones out and maybe I'm buying the October selling or November selling two Octobers a couple of strikes higher trying to Sort of diagonal everything off that if we get some kind of snapback rally, I'm not gagging and calls in the money because that's mm-hmm. what, that's what's happened the last four years. Every time you think that, that now is the time where the market don't look so hot, these guys pour money and it snaps back, and that's that's why everybody's got this buy the dip mentality. And I'm not foolish enough to not recognize that that's happened so many times. I got to be aware of it, right? So I mean, right? I, no, I, absolutely. And the last thing I'm going to do is get somebody's. Apple stock at one seventy one and sell like the one seventy two and a half calls and say I'm doing a good job. That thing could be one ninety mm-hmm. in two weeks if the Fed reverses policy, right? But also could be no, absolutely. So I mean, it's it, it, it is get, a very so difficult time. You're
6: your absolutely. You can get your face ripped off in a rally right now. Without a doubt. And and uh, you know it. I, I the the other side of it is. Gosh, I hate to say it's different this time, but. You got to wonder if, if Powell, because he hasn't been really aggressive with the, t- you know, saying that they would prop things up. Yeah, you know, so he doesn't have I, to. I just I don't, you know, I know he doesn't have to say it. But I, I do feel like that they should know that we've got to work. You know what? They should know that we got to work through, you know, work through some things. If there's some things that it's just going to take some time to work themselves out as far as maybe trying to work the balance sheet down a bit um maybe allow some of the the asset inflation that asset price inflation that you know we're still overvalued a lot of financial assets uh, but allowing them to get back to a normal level um he you know they they that that might be what they're trying to do right now because they They've said so little at the last couple of press conferences, other than we're just kind of staying the course.
2: They, what, you're, what you are saying yep. is exactly what you and I and anybody who I think has some idea of economics would like to see happen. Would, would, the only yeah, that, and I'm you
6: know, I, but but and it it feel just because there's this you know with, there are these unexplained rallies that, that that average people just see the kind of rallies that you and I know the reason behind them. And we haven't seen one of those in a little while.
2: No, a, and that's and, why and
6: they may be, they may be, but the one other thing, and I know we got to go to break, and I also want to give you a heads up on something I want to talk about because okay. it's it's coming out of left field. But um, as far as uh, right, I just I just had a concussion moment. Um, talking about the um, we're talking about the Fed part. Yeah, you're talking about and, the. Well, Oh, just so the, I, I just feel like the way that his language has been lately is we may you know, we may be trying to slowly deflate deflate some of the asset bubbles. And he's not saying that outright. And and that's why the stock market is just not reacting particularly well to what's going you know to to the last couple of Fed announcements and really not even doing a whole lot around what we consider significant economic numbers as well. I mean, our average moves off of CPI have been minuscule.
2: That's because I think people have... Even though they may not articulate it, nobody Mm -hmm. believes the CPI. Nobody believes it. Oh,
6: I know. No, I mean, or inflation numbers in general. Well, I
2: I mean, what you're seeing, you you saw the president walking up and down a picket line. Okay, now... Yeah. Now, the picket line what you and I are hoping to have happen is without mm-hmm. any sort of deluge down in the market, without any sort of major upheaval in society uh, that somehow the Fed, even though they I don't think they're doing it yet um, gets the ongoing inflation number down to something reasonable, 1 or 2% and mm-hmm. and somehow or another people catch up which means Somehow or another, through a strike, through whatever, through changing jobs, whatever, at the end of next year or the year after, everybody somehow has been able to finagle a 40 or 50% raise so everybody's sort of even to where they were in 2020. That's what you're hoping Mm -hmm. to have happen. And instead of the president, I mean, these guys, they they lie by omission as much as they lie by commission. Instead of him saying, look, because of federal policy, we've bumped the price level up, 40% 40% in the last three years. Blame it on COVID. Blame it on Trump. Blame it on me. Blame it on somebody. The fact is these guys need a 40% raise just to break even. And oh, by the way, management, you've raised the prices of the cars and trucks 40%. So get over it and give them a raise. That, that's what the man needs to say. right? Mm-hmm. But that's not going to yeah. happen. Because I mean, that's the truth. Right? It's right there. That's the truth.
6: Yeah. It's, it, it's, and it, it really just gets them back to where they were.
2: Yeah, it gets them back to where they were. Yeah. SP futures up 975. Hey, hey. When you come back, let's uh whatever t- whatever subject you want to talk about, and you got to give me the heads up Time. on how the French oh is. Boy. S- SP futures up <laughs> 10, is futures up 62.
1: on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com jocks.
2: Hello, this is Tom how the chief. Well, now it looks like maybe interest rates are moving more towards historical levels. Everyone needs to be aware of what that continued movement might do to your portfolio, both good and bad. We also have a stock market that seems to have stalled, at least for the short term. Stocks, jocks. Stocks, and jocks, Stocks, and
0: Jocks.
2: You are out of control. Hello, and welcome back to Stocks and Jocks. I'm Tom Andrew on the board. SP futures up 1275, Nasdaq futures up 70. We uh, continue to go to the upside here. Uh, I'm going to come back. we got another question for. Uh, Russell, as to why in the first hour of trade we seem to find some sort of a level, and then for the next four hours it's a snooze fest. Um, anyway, we are tr- we're trying to make it to the upside here. Individual stacks in the Dow. The only ones I see, I, I got CVX down and Caterpillar down. Everything else is uh, pretty much green. So we're doing a uh, you know pretty good in that regard. Dow futures are up 44 um, over in Europe. We've got uh, again this is not much of a this is not much of a bounce after yesterday's carnage. We'll go over that again. Uh, that was down four thirty. It was down almost five hundred. A couple. This is this is after coming back a little on the, on the close. S and P is up fifty nine. Nasdaq's up, down fifty nine. Nasdaq down two forty eight. So it was an abysmal day. Just an abysmal day. Dax today up fifty two. These guys have been down two days in a row. There's a slight bounce there. Footsie, however, down twelve point one percent. Cac around up thirty six point five. So slightly up in Europe, but not very much. Nikkei, ouch, down 711. two point three percent. Hang Seng down 135.8%, 17,195, and if Russell count on that, comment on that as well. Shanghai, they're still not open, so we can't I don't know where those guys would be. I'm suspecting down, but I don't know since they're not open. Uh, bonds, a little bit of a blip here, down six basis points, four point seven four. They were on their way yesterday. Everybody thought five percent by Friday. I don't think it's gonna make five percent by Friday won't make it at all, but that was what we thought yesterday. Bund down two basis points, 2.94, on their way to three, maybe. Japan up 3.80, again 30 basis points above where the max is the government says they can go. Uh, oil down 209.87.14. Oil's down six dollars in the last three days. Uh Brent down 198.88.94. Natural gas up four cents 299. Just almost at three bucks. Arbob down 5 cents 230. We've got gold Still can't bounce down seventy cents. No, not nineteen forty, eighteen forty. That's how much it's come down. Silver up two cents, twenty-one forty. Copper down a penny, three sixty. We have Bitcoin up two ninety six after a horrible day yesterday. Twenty-seven thousand six one three. We have the U.S. dollar slightly, eh, maybe reasonably down here this morning. We've got the the euro back over one o five. It was under one o five. It had been one o eight, one o eight and a half, one o nine for months. And the pound uh, was under 121, and now it's back over 121. It was 128, 128 and a half forever. So they're both down maybe 5%. uh, With the dollar up 5%, that's a lot. Uh, Andrew, we got traffic weather sports. All right, it is 741
5: here in Chicago on October 4th, uh, Wednesday that is. Let's see, starting off with some sports Uh, tomorrow. The Bears are going to be playing the Commanders. That's at 7.15 p.m. Chicago time. And over to Chicago weather, we are currently at 72 degrees. Uh, we have mostly cloudy skies right now. Uh, we're going to have a slight chance of rain later in the day. Uh, but let's see, we're going to have a high of 83 is our temp today, and that's going to hit around 2 p.m. Over in Phoenix, they're currently at 67 degrees. they got clear skies. They're going to have a high of 93, and that's going to hit a little later, around 5 p.m. Now, finally, for Chicago traffic, looks like, uh, not too many changes from our first hour, except, of course, the, uh, Traffic just gets bigger, about the same traffic though, in the same spots, so that's about Austin Avenue to about downtown if you're coming in on the inbound Kennedy. Uh, The inbound Eisenhower's looking a little bit rougher today, that's pretty slow from about 17th Avenue to about downtown, Uh, but the other ways are looking still clogged, but not as much. Thankfully no major accidents to report. So that's all I got, back to you Chief.
2: So Russell, we have uh, questions, what the hell's going on in Hong Kong? You there
6: I've forgotten which holiday they've got going on over there there is one index that's open
2: yeah hong kong and i was uh, hong kong is yeah, getting uh, hammered
6: well yeah and and the other ones have been kind of holding up uh, it's really it, it's it's they got problems over there in their property sector etc and the whole economy's getting ready to implode how uh you know, this, this BRICS currency thing and just about everything else that China has done in the last few months is like grasping at straws, trying to, you know, either have people look the other direction or trying to figure out how to fix their economy. But they're screwed. Yeah, they I, I and they're screwed. What happened to us in two thousand eight is it, it's going to be child's play compared to what they've got to deal with over there.
2: Russell, how can you find out? Um, maybe you can because the research researching the university and so. How can you find out? who's holding the bag on all these loans there to the, the dollar denominated well you can
6: it, it, it's um, the property developers the, I mean what what happens the, what's different there as far as housing goes is you start making your mortgage payment while they're building your place okay it, 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 and, and then they use that money to um, get more loans and build more things and sell more stuff but they haven't but they're not finishing a lot of the places, and they've stopped doing work on a lot of the places, and people have stopped paying on their mortgages uh, and a lot. so the whole thing is just ground to a halt.
2: Now, my question is mm. how can how can a, I find a list of the top 10 banks, hedge funds, people in this country that if the place just never made another payment tomorrow, who gets screwed here, and who do they take with them?
6: um I'd have to look at the, I got to, I'd have to go and look at the the bond holdings. Uh, I was surprised that the Evergrande thing did not damage more entities, but I'm assuming nobody was heavily, heavily, and Evergrande was the first big property developer to just stop paying on their bonds. Several more have since.
2: Well, the one big, Um, huge place made it with like, Half hour to spare after thirty day grace period, right? What's the name of that place? Yeah, I uh? think
6: that, that was, was that Evergreen or China Garden. China Garden, yeah. Those, some, uh, sounds,
2: yeah like, China so, Garden. sounds like sounds like a rest home. China Garden.
6: Yeah, and and then the other thing is, I think it's a lot easier for them to print money than it is for us, and they don't even have to be transparent about it. Not that we're overly transparent about it. So uh, they'll try to prop things up for some time by creating money out of thin air and trying a bunch of other tricks, but. Um, I fully expect to wake up one morning and and you know roll over and look at my quote machine and see China down twelve percent on a day, yeah, and I the know. rest of the world coming down with them. I, I yeah, and you can't call that one a black swan because I think a lot of people are looking for that one, but um, they they've just got major problems over there. Well, and us- at the same time, at the same time, you know, their biggest customers, which are um, you know firms that want to manufacture stuff for cheap over there, they're, they're going elsewhere. They're going to India, they're going to Vietnam. Um, you know, it's, it, 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 there's, I, I I can't even, and I, I can't come up with one good reason to think about even considering investing in China.
2: You well, know, if you listen I, I to can't even, you listen to CNBC, Blackrock, e- I,
6: e- I can't even make up a scenario where I think it would make sense. And you know, people like Ray Dalio that go around and 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 are trying to encourage people, I, I you, you got to wonder what what is what does China have on him? Do they have you know his firstborn? Uh, you know, and, and you know, send a video of him holding today's newspaper every once in a while and go, you better talk people into investing here or he's doomed. I, the, the, the the people that garner a lot of respect that seem to be encouraging people to invest in China, I, I, what the hell are they thinking?
2: Um, I think (laughs) there's a, there's a school, there's a school of thought that says if some prices are down and whatever it is, uh, their, their markets are down, you just buy and all of a sudden someday they come back. I mean, remember, uh,
6: yeah. Who's the guy that, down and there, there's down and there's down for a reason.
2: Uh, without a doubt, I'm, you know I'm with you yeah. on this one. But there's there's people that if you were to say the, you know Zimbabwe turtle egg market used to be 300 an egg and now it's 50 bucks. There's be people say it's got to be a buy. They just without yeah. even knowing what what the story is. Oh, so.
6: you know what? I, you know what? Eastman Kodak was a hell of a buy as digital cameras came along, wasn't it?
2: Yeah um,
6: As was Chief and Russell's Bubba Whip Company Back yeah. in 1901
2: By the way You're probably one of the few yep. People that know this When we When the rally started In August of 82 I remember the day Like it was yesterday uh, I just said it what, what was the stock That led us out of the wilderness That re- went with the first Stock to rally
6: Caterpillar Eastman Kodak Eastman Kodak Oh, East, sorry Eastman
2: Kodak Eastman Kodak uh,
6: you, you said you just said it That was the last the, time well, the name, I just said East Yeah Macaulay it's um, when Kodak was um, you know that that was they had instant cameras and all of those things. I yep. must have I must have found 20 old cameras laying around my dad's house when I uh, when I cleaned it out.
2: Well, the thing that that put those right. guys on the map so, was stealing the patent from the Brown Camera, camera Company. Of course. Yeah. Hey, uh, quick so, story. Uh, Can so I give you So t- all, right, all, right, all right, all right. Go ahead. So you got
6: to let me talk. So, when were you at Pullman?
2: Uh, 76 through 80
6: You missed this um, uh, I, w- I went to parents weekend at George Washington And one of the guys associated with the law school When he was in law school uh, led a, Put together a group of people that did a case That appeared before the Supreme Court About um, all the railroads just arbitrarily jacking their rates Over and over again uh, and they used a uh, they, they used a, NAS- a recently passed like in 1972 uh, e- EPA law that talked about how none of the railroads railroads were doing a lot of the things that they should do, so they shouldn't be able to uh, shouldn't be able to pass along a, b- a bunch of the rate increases that they were trying to to pass along. But I didn't know if that would I you know I heard it all from wh- here's all the great things that we did. Uh, from the guy that led the effort when he was in law school, and I really would love to hear something from someone at one of the railroads. And I was hoping you overlapped with all of that. I actually,
2: I actually did. And I
6: you, you're such a great Pullman historian.
2: That's that's that, not a that, <laughs> that is not that, a
6: that I, I was thinking about you the whole time I was listening to this. And no,
2: I that's was like, not I, being I can't a
6: wait to ask him about it.
2: That's not that's not being a Pullman historian. That's being uh-huh. a uh, being at the University of Chicago right yeah. at the tail end oh, yeah. when, when all this stuff was happening there was a there was a time there Russell and it's you know it's it's a blip on history somehow or another there was a, a major merge together in the early 70s between academia and some people in congress that totally rewrote the competitive world and that's that's mm-hmm. that's when you've got your C- your Chicago Board Options Exchange which was a re- yep. which was a revelation in that industry because instead of having one specialist that controlled everything they're competing market makers, and the idea was you would have an auction market and anybody could, well you could buy a seat, and you could be in there, but there were all kinds of seats you could buy you could go in and you can be a competing market maker and the idea of having one specialist controlling the entire IBM thing was going to go the other way, at the same time you deregulated airlines, you deregulated trucking and what was the third one? Um, something else they deregulated and, but before that Airlines trucking... was well, something else but 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 for those that the history of railroads was you and i'll be I'll try and keep this brief because it's like a long history anyway, if you ever want to read the history of America and history of, of of chicanery and business, just read the first 40 year history of railroads every every oh yeah, every dirty trick <laughs> was 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 invented back then it was like every fetish was invented back then. you can't think of a new one. This guy, Jay Gould, made the people at Enron look like kids. remember, remember that name? He was. Have uh, you ever heard that I, name? A,
6: I always say, I always say, if I if I won the lottery in life, I already feel like I've won the lottery. But if I won the lottery and I could just do what I wanted to do all day long, I would just do nothing but write business history books.
2: Oh, it's it's fascinating, and the more the more yeah, you no. dig, the more you, you get. But anyway, the 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 country, the U.S., the U.S. of A., you, me, the people. If somebody wanted to build a railroad, uh, they would go to the government and they would get a. Like a commission, of a right away, and they would the, the the government would give them the right away. Maybe it was twenty yeah. miles each side of the tr- of the track or whatever, or or maybe alternated square miles or whatever. And the idea was you can sell the property and use the money to build the tracks, build the railroad. Mm-hmm. The, the first railroad out of Chicago, can you guess? I don't The Chicago to Galena, because yeah. there were uh. silver mines in Galena. Oh, okay. The first railroad. Yeah, event.
6: that's. Uh, I, I think. I've, I, I. think. I know. I used to uh, listen to you uh, on my morning runs on what used to be that railroad.
2: Yeah. Well, the. Okay, so yeah, that, what happened they, was they,
6: t- they turned it into a bike path
2: now. Right. That's so exactly now you. But now about. you essentially gave everybody oh. a monopoly. So if you're oh, the okay. farmer that's sitting next to the Miami Railroad in, in Ohio, and you want to get your corn to market. You'd, you'd, say to the, you'd say to the guy, the railroad dude, hey, can you bring my corn to market? Well, oh, yeah. Well, how much? How much you got? <laughs> you, you eventually <laughs> gave, there were no roads, so you gave people monopolies. So all of a sudden, you said, yeah. well, this isn't working. So they put together an outfit called, what the hell was the name? The uh, ICC, Inter- Interstate Commerce Commission, which regulated uh-huh. every single rate for everybody and every railroad, every commodity going someplace. If if you put together a box of books and you brought it to a railroad and said I need this to go to Denver, in the book, this huge book, there was Denver's how many miles and it's how many, what does it weigh, there was a price for you. There was every Mm -hmm. single thing was was regulated because if not, these guys were out of control. if, if, if there was a competing railroad, it might be five bucks. If there wasn't, it might be 50 bucks.
6: Mm-hmm. You know,
2: it was totally out of control. So then all of a sudden they said, okay, the real competitors to rail in a lot of ways now is trucking, it's other stuff. We don't really need all this stuff. That's when all that stuff came off in the, in the early 70s. Same way with trucking. My first mm-hmm. my first job was at Allied Van Lines. So why the hell was there even an Allied Van Lines? You and I couldn't buy a moving truck and move Andrew's stuff from here to Iowa, without having paper. They call it paper. Without having the rights to do that, ICX I worked at had rights to go from Illinois to Denver to L.A. to Phoenix. They couldn't stop and pick anything up in Iowa or Nebraska. They could just go from Chicago to Denver. <laughs> yeah. And it, and if you wanted to be able to stop in Iowa, you had to find a, a company a company that was either going out of business or just wanted some dough. You had to buy. The, the right to go from Illinois to Iowa from somebody in Iowa or somebody who had it. And all of a sudden, all mm-hmm. this stuff became a free market. And, and, uh, was, oh, the other one was a um, telephone company was was busted up sort of the same time, a little later. The telephone mm-hmm. company was like the early 80s because they, they, they were in court for like 10 years, weren't they, 10 or 12? Busting up uh, yes. uh, AT&T. And of course, now they're all back together, but, you know, which is another another story. <laughs> But hey, what did you want to talk? But By the way, that's
6: that's, in, that's investing banking magic.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's investing right there. But I mean, that, that, yeah. that was that too much of a history or a little or whatever. I mean, that's kind of where this all came no, from. No,
6: that's,
2: so yeah, I mean, but no, Pullman no, was ne- Pullman never owned a railroad, but I will tell you a quick story about were, Pullman. But
6: they were involved in the industry, and that that's really why I thought maybe
2: you would have.
6: Uh, you know, he he was like, look at all this wonderful great stuff I did. You know, when I was a law school student, and. Um, and, and I was just you, you always want to hear the other side of that,
2: you know what Pullman was and you know what they were in the fifties um,
6: didn't they make equipment they
2: That's were the, they, they were meant. the single biggest hotel mm-hmm. operator twenty five or forty thousand people spent the night on the rails every night oh
6: yeah 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 I could do that so they were they were a hotel operator
2: they they operated mm-hmm. the Pullman cars so if you if you got your if you bought a ticket, if you wanted to go to New York overnight, you could take the uh, well, actually, some of them weren't. If you wanted to go to New York, you could take a train to New York, all right. But if you took yeah. the Broadway Limited or the or the uh, 20th Century Limited, they were the creme de la creme of trains. They were all Pullman cars. So it was it was it was not only you bought the ticket to New York, you paid the premium for the sleeper car, for the Pullman porter, for all that stuff. So mm-hmm. that all that money went to Pullman, not to the railroad and all the Pullman okay. por- all the Pullman porters were they were employees of Pullman not of the Illinois Central or the Pennsylvania Railroad those cars were Pullman cars they were they were like hotel cars and 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 the people in the car paid the fare to the, N- the New York Central or the Pennsylvania Railroad but Pullman Provided the sheets, the the pillows, all the other stuff was them. They did all the stuff. Yeah, they they were essentially the the hotel operator.
6: That's what Pullman did. I just knew that you were in the rail industry. Well, yeah. Well, they also uh, made cars
2: for people. They had the the patent on the freight side. They had the patent for the covered hopper, which is which is. Yeah, I knew that.
6: I knew they had they had something that that made them very exclusive and needed.
2: Well cuz I mean you they, can put they coal
6: a, uh, can they, put, they had a product that was needed to use uh, Mr. Buffett's terminology for what he likes to see in companies. Well if you
2: ever see a coal um, car go down, there's no top on it. Mm-hmm. There's no top on it. Cuz nobody cares no. if the coal gets wet. But if it's corn, you want to top on it. That's a covered yeah. hopper. Yeah. All right, go ahead, you, um, have, you have stuff to say.
6: Oh no, you you wanted to ask about the dogs. Uh, the, the, the the Frenchie is entering her 14th month of a 6 month Hospice period in the Rhodes household. Dog's going to live longer than the rest of us. Um, and we, uh, we've we been taking in on college football weekends. We've had a second Frenchie named Ava, who is blind and gigantic and just basically sits on me all weekend. Uh, her, her, uh, Owner's son plays for the Minnesota Golfers. He's a tight end. Oh, good for him! So they go, they go up to see him, and they uh, they drop the dog off of us uh,
2: now periodically. Can, can you, you? It sounds like she's a little over it. Can you? Can you take her for a walk and just keep her on the sidewalk, or she's afraid of it?
6: She um, she she uh, she wanders around the backyard a little bit, but like. She uh, she ran into him. She she and she walks very gingerly because she's bl- she has no eyes. Right. Sorry, did I say that? Yes. Uh, we said she was blind. And uh, she, she got yeah, she's blind. She uh, she'll get herself stuck in places every once in a while, which um is is kind of you know you, you hate to laugh at the baby, but uh, and then I'll make videos with her where she's just sitting there and I keep saying Marco Polo. She's not very good at it. You'd think she'd be really good at it.
2: Well, my uh, my old guy Scruff, when he got older, he had he, he had doggy Alzheimer's. Oh, really? He would pace all night, and he would just keep walking. And if he walked like behind a door, he'd just be stuck behind the door. He, he wouldn't turn around; wouldn't be able to get out.
6: Yeah.
2: You know, the poor guy. Yeah, I
6: mean, I, yeah, no, he just kind of just totally. I think yeah. I think we had a dog that was like that that is no longer with us as well.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, it just seemed
6: very seemed very lost sometimes.
2: Uh, are we? So we is this... Are we nearing a buy point here, or what are we doing? I uh, I
6: don't think we're nearing a buy point here. Which you know that me saying something like that can be just the kiss of death for the next couple of days if you're short.
2: Um, well, you and I, are, are, you we know, can not, be we can be, be we've been known to be right, but we're yeah. always early. Mm-hmm. Just saying. Yeah,
6: I I don't I I, I don't see any reason to be uh, loading up, you know. And then and then finally, you know, tomorrow they're sending out that. Um, this is a public service notice to all those fellas out there that that have a second phone for nefarious reasons. Turn it off tomorrow.
2: Today. Today, right?
6: Oh, today's the 4th. Yeah. Turn it off this afternoon if you got a second phone, don't leave it at home.
2: Uh, you know, I got to do that. I, gotta, I got I got next it. War-
6: I really do think the divorce lawyers are the ones that push through doing this national um, alert thing.
2: Yeah, there's been an alert on every cell phone, every TV every yeah, it's, radio, gonna, right?
6: it's gonna beep at us At I think 220 Eastern One, I read an article About it And I, I just rolled my eyes At, at our educational system uh, It's gonna be done On a rolling basis Starting at 220 On the eastern time zone And 120 in the central time zone That's not a rolling basis It's the same time
2: <laughs> God Where do we find These people <laughs> well, The professors You guys gotta do better With these kids Anyway thank you very much buddy oh,
6: I'm trying I'm trying
2: uh, Have a good Have a good time Uh are, have you gone to any Indiana games? Are they worth seeing?
6: I have not. I have not gone to any Indiana games. I'm I'm home on the weekend, so that so that so that Ava's parents can go see, I guess, her stepbrother or whatever play
2: for the Gophers. No,
1: well, so no, I
6: haven't. I have am I, so angry over the NIL and, oh, I know. and some. Uh, I I actually quit college football. I didn't even watch.
2: Next sports. week, uh, next week let's talk about it a little bit, just as an economic lesson, not as a. Yeah. Uh, Take care of yourself. SPV is up nine. NASDAQ right. is up 53. Back tomorrow. Stacks and Jacks. That's all, folks. <laughs>